As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the final post-game edition of State of the Nation for the 2022 season. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Nguyen. The Raiders... Lose to the Chiefs um, here in Week 18. They fall to six and 11 on the season. Mercifully, the season is over um, uh, <laughs> at, at this point. I mean, it didn't look like a, a game that that really very many people out there were all that interested in, in playing in. And um, you know, when we first found out that this game was going to be on Saturday, I mean, I, you know, I get you want to put Patrick Mahomes on national TV and and whatnot, but it seemed like a weird choice for them to toss this game on uh, the Saturday schedule. And uh, NFL kind of got what they got for uh, for picking this game. 31-13 Chiefs, really not a whole lot you can say. Uh, Jared Stidham's second start was uh, was not magical, um, and there really was no magic. Although we did get to see the 10th career sack for Cleveland Furl in uh, his his man, final game, likely as a Raider. Leave Cleveland alone, man. We- Hey, hey, he did pass Arden Key. Arden Key had uh, only had nine and a half sacks in his first four seasons. It was an utter, utter waste of three hours of my life. The other team wanted to be here. The, the Chiefs could have scored 100 points they wanted to. They were nice. They did some ring around the rosy shit that was kind of disrespectful, I thought. But whatever. It's, uh, we're here. It's just... Josh McDaniels loved it. That was weird. It's the whole thing. It's the whole whatever. I mean, kicking the field goal. You're down 24-3. Going an eight-minute drive to kick a field goal. I'll ask him about that on Monday. I guess I saved that one for Monday. But, um, yeah, it was a, it was a bad game. Uh, it's a bad season. Let's get to the offseason. Let's go. Offseason. Let's go. They didn't hit our worst-case scenario, which is win a couple fluky games, get yourself out of top 10 draft position. So there's that at, at the very least. Nah, there's no positivity today. Yeah, that, that ring around the rosy shit was like some of the most disrespectful shit I've ever seen on the football field. My goodness. And it worked. Like, they scored a touchdown, and then got a holding, and they scored a touchdown again on a direct carry to the same guy. Like, it's just like, that, that was, oh, my goodness. Like, last, I wouldn't, it's not as bad as last year when they just 
smoked them after the, the whole logo stomping thing. But it's, it's up there, man. Like, the Chiefs just find ways every year to keep embarrassing them. And I, for, for this kind of a performance to happen in a year where, you know, coming into the year, like, you know, the thought was that the Raiders could at least compete in AFC West, a potential playoff team, maybe compete for the division with the Chiefs theoretically taking a step back, losing Tyreek Hill. And instead, it's pretty much the same thing. Like, like they're not close to them. They, they, they don't seem to be anywhere near them. And they go into the offseason trying to play catch up to the team that's been running the division since I've been in college. So it, it's they kind of are in the same, a very familiar place, but not a place that they expected to be after the offseason that they had. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I ever really bought that they were going to contend in this division. I mean, I know there was all the talk about the AFC West is going to be loaded, and, and that ended up not coming to fruition. If, you know, Certainly, the, the Broncos and the Raiders are to blame. But even if you didn't believe that the Raiders were going to contend for the division, and I know, like, Raiders fans got were, were just, like, screaming at the Athletic when um we had our preseason predictions came out, and uh, there was, you know, all the divisions, who, how you know how many people picked everybody to win to finish first place, and the Raiders had no votes for first place. And I'm like, this division was too good with the Chiefs and the Chargers at the top. But our thought was that this team should at least be contending for a wild card spot. Their record might be worse this year than it was last year because of how good this division could be. That's what didn't come to fruition. I mean, this team what was worse than they were last year. It's not they are not six and eleven because the schedule was a lot tougher. They are six and eleven because. The offense was not nearly as good as it needed to be, and, and the defense still stinks. We knew this wasn't a perfect roster, but, I mean, they don't do the things that they did, you know, trading for Devontae, uh, signing Chandler Jones, giving out all the extensions that they gave, unless they thought that they had a shot to contend this year or compete, at least at the high, highest levels. Otherwise, there's no reason to do any of that, really. You just hit reset and, and start over. Otherwise, you're kind of just wasting resources. And so they thought, you know, we might not have thought, but they thought they were going to be that type of a team now you know we, we we hear all this about building and the roster and all that shit but that's not what they thought coming into the season like it's clearly not what they thought and so for them to reach this point and look like this in the final game of the season against their their biggest rival it's pretty embarrassing for them we knew this roster was going to be a top heavy roster that depend was going to depend a lot on their blue chip talent and the, the margins were thin because the depth was not there and for them to compete a lot of things would needed to go right a lot of things didn't go right. They had a lot of secondary injuries and uh, they needed Derek Carr to play at a high level and that didn't happen. So lost a bunch of close games. It probably feels a little uglier with them getting blown out by the Chiefs to to finish the season. But I, I think, you know, in the beginning, we knew that this roster was really thin and if they were going to win, you know, they were going to do it within the margins and the things that they needed to go right just went the complete opposite way. I think one positive, I'm going to be Mr. Positive, was that uh, Jared Stidham did not play that well. So now it won't cost you as much to bring him back. You save money. Because I think clearly yes. we can see he makes some plays. He does some things. <laughs> is this where, where we are? This is where we are. <laughs> is this is where, where we are. are Getting Jared Stidham for cheap is, is a positive? Oh, my goodness. Two years, eight million now. Oh, oh, oh my, my goodness. It's a positive because if he balls out today, then you're like, oh, other teams really want him, but he's got to pay more for him. And now you're like, you know what? You don't do much. We like you. Here's like, you know, five million. Take this. And you draft the guy with your sixth or seventh pick, and you got a, at least you have a plan for the future, which they haven't had one for a while now. So I think at least you can slot the Mark Davis. Look, you know what? We got a guy. We got a quarterback now we're going to build around. Stidham's fine in the, in the meantime. The players like him. He's got some swagger. He can throw a little bit. 
And so that'll work. Maybe you know some shit happens if you improve the defense. So that's a positive. Just to them not balling out today is a positive. So uh, this was game two of, of Yolo Stidham. And uh, game two of Yolo Stidham was not nearly as good. Uh, Ted, you, you talked a lot about like kind of wanting to see the, the, the larger sample size. And I think this was the sample size is still small, but it, it seemed like the Chiefs were kind of prepared for a quarterback who is just kind of kind of slinging it out there and is going to be a little bit reckless at times. You know, you can't build your game off of those 50-50 balls. And um, we saw it swing the other direction right in the beginning of the game when he threw into double coverage into the end zone. I mean, De- Devontae Adams had a chance at that ball, but that's not, you don't want to live on those type of passes. And, you know, we saw it throughout the game. He was just trying to throw up those prayers. And, you know, in the Niners games, it was going to Raiders way. But um, in this game, it went the opposite direction. And then, you know, I thought he was a little bit more effective when he did start going to his checkdowns. But, you know, I still think he does some nice things. Um, I think he's pretty accurate. And um, obviously the mobility is nice. So he's not a bad stopgap option. But, I mean, you know, obviously you got to pump your brakes um, with some of the, if, if you were a believer in Stidham, you know, having some sort of Rich Gannon resurrection to his career uh, after that Niners game, you know, you got you got to pump your brakes. But I, I do think he could be a, a stopgap op- option if you do decide to draft a guy high. And um, obviously, it's McDaniel's offense is hard to learn, so you know he, he he might be able to start a few games. Yeah, whatever. What else we got for positives? Let's do more positives. This is fun. Draft pick, draft pick. They are. Uh, I mean, they. I, I don't think there's any way they fall out of the top 10 now. I mean, if uh, if things go right on Sunday, uh, they could go up to number six. And they, they need as high a pick as possible, whether that's for doing what we're saying here, you know, bringing back Stidham for cheap and and then taking a quarterback in the first round. Or if it's, you know, taking a flyer on, on one of those guys in the second round and using that top pick on the best defensive player available, because that does obviously have to be a consideration as well, because this, this defense is just so, so, so bad. As soon as Harvey Lange got hurt, it was all downhill. Harvey Lange got hurt, Jesus. it all went downhill from there. I was like, oh, this game's this game's this game's over." But uh, yeah, defense is terrible. I mean, I, I just uh, tackling is horrible. I mean, what happened to Trayvon Merrick? He's had a really bad year, and it looks like he's jogging a lot. I mean, uh, I hate to question the guy's effort, but mm-hmm. I watched. I mean, it's happened a few times this year where I don't know something happened with that guy this year that I'm not sure you can blame on coaching. But uh, to me, he's been a big disappointment as far as guys who should be uh, players on this defense but that were not. He did finally make one play. He had that one. It's probably, it's probably passing oh. interference, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good play. Yeah, in terms of draft positioning, right now they're seventh. Falcons, uh, I believe, would bump them back to eighth if they lose to the Bucks, which is probably probably going to happen. Um, so they would need the uh, the Rams to to win most likely against the Seahawks to have really a shot to creep up higher in terms of draft position, but. You know, worst case scenario, uh, I think they, they can fall, fall somewhere between six and nine. Any of those picks is is a good pick, a valuable pick that you could put towards, you know, as Jimmy said, whether that's drafting a quarterback or the best player available on defense or whichever between the two they feel like is the best player. Obviously, beyond the first round, the rest of the draft, they'll, they'll have a ton of high picks as well. And so between that, you know, I, I guess the, the question is for fans is like, will they actually put that to use well? And they haven't really seen that happen much with this franchise in like the past decade um, or even the first class under this new regime. Like it didn't really go that well. We talked about it last week. And so whether they're able to maximize their draft capital is another thing. But the positive note is that with their nine picks that they have overall, they'll, they'll be picking pretty high for most of those. Once you're in the top 10, every slot matters. You know, at, 
And, you know, we have to give Ziegler a, uh, a clean slate. Like, you know, I think a lot of uh, fans are pretty pessimistic about the draft because of how bad Mayock and Cruden has drafted. But to be fair, Zie- you know, Ziegler, you know, he hasn't made his, uh, he made it ha- hasn't had a full draft yet with first and second round picks. So we'll see what he can do. But, you know, once you're in that top 10, each of those slots matter. So you got to pay attention to what happens this weekend. I wonder, um, I wonder if the Bucks have anything to play for against uh, the Falcons because not really, yeah, not really. So, but the Falcons I mean, suck. They like, they're terrible. So I don't know. Like they might still lose anyway because they're the Falcons. But I guess if the Bucks just hand it to them, they could they could beat them theoretically. I know it's a home game. They're playing Atlanta. I'm sure Bucks players are out having a good time tonight. You never know. Yeah, it is in it is in Atlanta. It is in Atlanta. Well, that's just, a fun time. That's true. So, so, so what 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 are they doing in Atlanta? What what's the what? what I wouldn't. Any, I wouldn't. Idea I, 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 would I would be oh, eating man. some some Magic City lemon pepper chicken wings. <laughs> you know what I mean? With a with with a nice view in the background, but focus on the wings mostly. But that's the main reason why you, why you would go there. But, yeah. What, what's that? What's that basketball player's name? Uh, that's, that's Lou Williams. Yeah, Lou Williams. There you go. I, I, you got to ask Lou Williams. Our guy Chris Kirshner uh, went and did the investigative yeah. report on the. Uh, yeah. uh, on the that's real journalism right there. That's real journalism. That's next. That's next level, man. You like on the expense account? Like, oh, I need to get a couple lap dances. Put on my expense account. Wow, we've not even waited for like the last two minutes of the pod for us to devolve into this. Uh, into this <laughs> I, abyss, I, I've been right? this since halftime. I've been in this MySpace since halftime. I was just You've been thinking about like, Magic City Wings since halftime? Nah, I'm just thinking about my life, my life, what, what the meaning of lost it, and where, where I'm going. Vic and Tashan, you guys, you might be able to get some good quotes if you go out to the, the strip clubs tonight, find some uh, Raider players just trying to, you know, have a good time after the season. I, mean, I would never yeah. ask a player about this stupid season <laughs> while they're having a good time at whatever club they're at. That would be a whole. I would. I'd slap myself if I. Would. I mean, I'd be, I had their fun, man. They, they paid their dues. Today was awful. Let's flush it down and let's move on. How do we transition from that? Um... Uh, well, we got the locker room was uh, the closed locker room was on Monday. Guys will pack up and we'll get some more Q and A's with players and get McDaniel's. What should we ask McDaniel's on Monday? Besides my. A big field goal question in the third quarter. What else should we ask him? Tom Brady coming? Is he is, is he is he pulling up? Yeah, that's is, is your man is your man's on the way or what? Like we we is it Patriots West officially? Like are gonna complete the, the trifecta or Yeah, I think I think Jimmy G is going to the Jets, so I'm not sure Jimmy G's gonna come here. So I think it's gonna be Brady, Stidham, or the rookie quarterback, I guess. Who knows? How shitty would that be for Jerry Stidham, man? I mean like he he's a the, the supposed to be the heir apparent for Tom Brady with the Patriots. He, he Tom Brady leaves. He still doesn't get the job. He comes to Vegas. He's like, all right, this is a fresh start. And then Tom Brady just follows him to Vegas. You know, that, that, that'd be that'd be crushing, man. He might actually lose your boy Stiddy if that happens, man. He might they might not be able to, to keep him at that point, man. You think he wants to live that way again? That's okay, trade. You lose Stidham for Brady. It's okay, trade. Man, that's tough. Vic would, would be crushed. I got no dog in this race. Hey, you want that Stidham five five million dollar a year contract back? I just want. I think. I think at some <laughs> point you gotta draft a young quarterback high and make man. They've waited long enough. They gotta just do something. And I think for me, it makes more sense as far as all this building yada yada. They're trying to sell us now. Okay, let's build. Let's let's have a plan. We'll give you two years with a new quarterback and see what you can do. If it doesn't work, then you weren't the uh, the regime you know you're supposed to be. So I think. I mean, I don't. Giving him another stopgap year or a one-year shot with Tom Brady, a veteran guy, to me doesn't make a lot of sense because unless you fill all these holes on the roster in the offseason, and McDaniel's kind of uh, 
it's a, and a staff that can step up in their coaching, then maybe it can all click next year. But to me, that's a long shot. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is, and it'll show in their actions, is where, how close do McDaniels and Ziggler really think they are? Because unless they just have like the perfect offseason, it's really, it's not really that feasible for them to like reconstruct the entire defense, beat up the offensive line, get a new quarterback and like have depth everywhere like it's that you just i mean i guess it's possible but they would have to all go all hits no misses in order to pit, pull it off in one off season and so do they do they feel like they're close enough to where where you know they're a tom brady away from contending with this team that was playing ring around the rosy with them today or like do they think this is going to be more of a multi-year thing where they do get a rookie and try to slowly build the roster and, and kind of take their time with it. And do they have that, that leeway from Mark Davis? Like, I'm sure they're not going to tell us in the press conference on Monday, but I'm just interested to see because their, their moves, their first offseason indicated they feel like they're close. And now, like, do they keep pushing in that direction? Do they pull back and get worse or stay the same next year? So it'd be interesting to see which, which direction they think this team is, is actually headed in. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I guess part of the thought could be like, does a guy like Tom Brady, does that help mitigate some of your other issues? I mean, if you, if you're going with Stidham and a rookie quarterback, you need to have a good offensive line. I mean, yes, Stidham is mobile and, uh, you know, presumably if you dropped a a rookie quarterback high, you're getting a guy that can move around a little bit, but that's going to help you create a few off schedule plays here and there. But if you go get a guy like Brady, who is a quick processor and you know, can kind of make the best of a bad situation, maybe up front, um, I think that's maybe that's maybe why you would do something like that. You you don't have to upgrade the offensive line as much. That said, I mean, they still, this offensive line has to get better. I mean, he's going to be 46, even if he can process super quickly, uh, you know, that, that processing speed uh, with this offensive line might be just a matter of how many times he's throwing the ball away. Now, I made a joke on Twitter today during the game, but Brady's going to have to want to see a list of things that checked off before he even thinks about coming here. He's got to see a new O-line, three new guys in the O-line, going to see some five new starters on defense. He's gonna, obviously, the school guys are there in the offense, but he's not coming here unless you totally revamp the entire O-line because like, he's 46 he had, you know, he's kind of a sitting deck a lot of times. He's definitely a tough guy and can make the throws, but 
I mean, he doesn't want to come here in the same division with Mahomes and Justin Herbert and, and not have a chance to contend. And for me, I would imagine the old line will be the, the, the start of that. And also the defense. He realizes his defense is terrible. So it's a lot of things that have to be done before he even considers coming here, in, in my opinion. I mean, the offensive line played better than expectation. So they stink. I think they stink. They can't pass protect. They I mean, they, they, they have better expectation against the run, in the run game, but pass protection. Well, I mean, I would say Illuminor. Illuminor was better, improved throughout okay. the season. I mean, and better than ass is like yeah, average. Bob, let's say if you move oh. Parham to center. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's definitely yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Then you need a. I mean, you need a couple guards. You need a couple guards. Maybe and maybe a couple guards. Maybe a tackle. A right tackle. That's three. That's three out of five. We also can't pretend like, I mean, Colton Miller is fine at left tackle, but we can't pretend that he's like, you know, an elite left tackle either. So it's. Yeah, the offense line, the offense line needs work. Like, like, like we, 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 yeah, we don't, when we don't you, have we saw what happened when he had to go up against Nick Bosa. Especially if your quarterback can't move, which 46-year-old Tom Brady or Jimmy G or several other quarterbacks can't really move that would be available that are feasible for them to acquire. Like, that's, that's an issue. That's, that's a big issue. And so. I mean, they need to address that anyway. Like, regardless of who the quarterback, whether the quarterback can move or not, like they can't pass protect, and that 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 showed today against the Chiefs. Um, they showed really last week. Just Stidham was escaping it a lot, a lot more, you know, a lot more often than he was today. And so, yeah, they have a lot of needs, man. This is this is not this is a flawed roster for sure. Uh, it still doesn't absolve the coaching staff. Um, from you know choking away a lot of these games, like all the the five double digit halftime leads, the the nine one score games that they lost, like what, even if your team is flawed, like that that ultimately has a lot to do with coaching. If you lose that many close games, like this season very easily could have gone the other way. Like while this is a flawed roster, like I don't know that this team is has a worse roster than they did last year. Like I, I feel like they had a better roster this year. I mean, the playoffs last year with Leatherwood and uh, John Simpson at guard. Yeah, so. it's a, lot, a lot of that stuff is close game luck, and that's not always staticky. But they like like they're Losing nine one-score games and blowing five double-digit leads, that's not all luck. Like, you, 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 you fucked up somewhere in there as a coaching staff and as a roster. So, like, they, this team very easily could have been a playoff team. Like, it wouldn't have taken all that much in AFC. Like, the AFC West was worse than we thought it'd be. The AFC as a whole was worse than we thought it'd be. So, like, they really squandered a, a pretty prime opportunity. Like, they weren't going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but it, it would have been a much different feeling going into the next year. I think if you're a Raider fan, one of your biggest question marks or things you're having trouble with right now is what have you seen out uh, Josh McDaniels that gives you any kind of confidence going into the next year? Like what what has he shown he does well? What, what what have been like successes that he's had this year? Like, okay, you know what? I can see it. I mean, there's been an occasional, oh, that's a nice play call. Last week they looked the offense looked good, but today it was back to same old, same old. So but what has he shown you as far as just the overall coaching of this team that gives you confidence that he's the guy going forward? Not much. I mean, that, that, you know, I saw somebody's just like, oh, do you think he'll give up play calling? If, he, if he's not play calling, like, what value does he provide at all? I mean, that, like, that's, you know, the K, you know, some of, I mean, his play calling was not great, but that's probably his best asset is his play calling, his play design. How is he managing that staff? I mean, what kind of expectations is he setting for a guy like Patrick Graham, who, you know, by all accounts is, you know, everybody's happy with him. And you mentioned Trayvon Merrick. I mean, how does a guy who, who looked, as a rookie, like he could be an ascending player, you know, fall off the map so much um, his second year. I mean, that we thought that was a guy that looked like he had some talent. And, and the fact that he's regressed as much, I mean, that's that's on coaching to me. Like coaches have to get the best out of their players. And it just it does not seem like really 
anywhere on this roster um, if they maximize the talent of their players. I mean, obviously guys like Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams all have career years, but those are all all pro players. Um, the offensive line showed a little bit more competency than we expect, but really outside of that, you don't see anywhere where they maximize their talent, and that's on coaching. Yeah, the offensive line is the only position group on the team, I'm pretty confident saying, that overperformed expectations. It's just, I mean, given they're spending like the least on that position, uh, I guess that's not that hard to overperform when you're 32nd in offensive line spending, like be best than last, better than last, and then you overperform. So I don't even give them, you know, you can give them some credit for that, but only so much in comparison to everywhere else you just pointed out. So like, can't blame fans if they're, and I know this is the current regime isn't responsible for all the personnel mistakes, but they've been going through that. And so why would they expect you know, them to use all this cap space and all this draft capital better. Why would they expect the coaching based on what we've seen and what he had on, on tape going back to the Broncos um, to, to suddenly become great, even if they do have better talent? You know, if they, what if they aren't able to maximize that on the field? And so uh, there's it, not much to feel optimistic about going into this offseason outside of the simple fact that they have a bunch of resources. What do you got, Ted? Give me a positive about Josh McDaniels. Let's go. I thought there were times the the play the game planning and and play calling was good, but like you said, it was just offense wasn't consistent enough. You know, questionable strategy and in the second half, you know, I think fans overrate second half adjustments. Obviously, the team just didn't, didn't wasn't able to build on leads and protect leads enough. Regardless of how fans or anyone feels about Josh McDaniels, he's going to be back next year. <laughs> so there's there's no choice. There's no question. So. He's coming back next year, and you know if they underperform again, then you know obviously the there could be some legit questions. But right now, there's just he, he's going to be the coach next year. I'll give Josh this: he does a good job with like scheming up protections. If your O line's not very good, or in this case, bad, he can he can get by. He can figure out a way to kind of um, minimize how bad they are for a while. Obviously, you can't do it all year long because D lines are pretty good. But I think he made the most of a bad O line this year at times, which. Again, why would you want to just sign guys in the offseason that have a decent line and you kind of avoid that whole thing? But I will say he does a good job with protection, so I'll give him that. Yeah, those are the kind of things you do when you have injuries in season and the offensive line that you plan to have out there is not what you eventually have. And you kind of you're happy to have a guy that can make do with that. But they can't go into next season just with with duct tape and, and trying to, you know, put together this offensive line with uh with a bunch of just random guys so we'll see i mean i guess the the, the optimism that you take into this offseason that next year you will see something new and for everybody no matter where you fall on on the on the car uh, side of things it's been nine years and they've made the playoffs twice they've never won a playoff game um you know if you, if you go back 20 years, our, our guy Josh Jabot tweeted this out over the last 20 years the raiders have the second worst record in the nfl have allowed the most points and scored the fourth fewest. Just goes to show you, this is not a 20-year problem with defense. It's not a 20-year problem with offense. It's a 20-year problem with the whole organization. You know, by no means are we sitting here and pinning all of the last nine years on Derek Carr. But you will see a new quarterback next year. Um, and newness can sometimes just be exciting in in and of itself. I mean, whether that's Brady, whether that's a rookie, whether that's Stidham, you know, beating out a, a rookie, who knows? Um but newness is is gives you some reason for optimism that maybe things will be different. Plus, you got Adams and Crosby, two of the best players in the league. I mean, they're both uh, really special to watch. I mean, there was a play today where Crosby was like triple teamed, and Mahomes took off and scrambled for 15 yards, and Crosby made the tackle, which I thought was pretty impressive. So he's a 
different kind of guy, just um, a special player. And Devontae, you know, obviously we know he's top two or top three receivers in the league. So, I mean, as far as centerpieces go, those are, those are pretty good. Well, we saw flashes of how this offense could move the ball when, you know, all three guys are playing, Hunter Renfro, Waller. I mean, it should be four guys with, with Jacobs in there. So, um, I mean. Five with, five with Hollins. Don't forget Hollins. Yeah, Hollins. Jakob J- Johnson, make it six. Yeah, easy now, easy. I mean, there was points in the season when you know the Raiders' offense was really banged up that they were you know top ten in in a lot of important categories on offensively. So you know there there could be some fireworks at least. Uh, you could see we might be able to see some of the fireworks that were supposed advertised this year, um, next year if, if things go right in offense. I don't know how many games they'll win, but we could see fireworks. Fireworks. Fireworks, show. We're going to talk about, uh, I feel like we should talk about all these positives about the season and all that. I think we should uh, maybe give a little little, little uh, shout out to Josh Jacobs. I mean, uh, he missed practice this week. And, you know, since he was injured, we all sort of assumed that it was something related to that. But it did say personal day. And then we found out today why that was. His dad had a, a medical emergency on Tuesday um, and had to have a procedure on his heart on Wednesday. And. Uh, Josh went back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to be with his his, his dad and his family. Uh, kind of throughout that process, and he talked to his dad, and he said he wanted him to his, his dad wanted him to play, and so he, he flew back to Vegas last night. And um, you know, a lot of people on his team, like Max Crosby, said in the locker room that he you know hadn't heard from Jacobs all week, and he was sent him a text message, and he just strolled into the locker room the day before the game, and uh, for him to do that in the game that didn't matter. I mean, like they weren't going to make the playoffs no matter what. Going as the Chiefs, they, they didn't have great chances of winning either way, and he still went out there and, and, and played the whole game. And him this season overall, I mean, uh, over over two thousand yards from scrimmage, he's probably going to be the, the leading rusher in the league. Like he had a sensational season when when coming into the year, like a lot of people didn't even think he, you know, he might not be the lead back. And so, uh, and he's one of the guys. I guess you know we'll we'll see if he's around moving forward. But he he gave this this franchise everything and more this season. It'd be tough for me to as as a decision maker to let him walk you know whether that's a, a new deal or a franchise tag or something like when we talk about building something sustainable moving forward and when you get a guy like that and they show that kind of commitment to the team if you let him go i don't know what what kind of tone you're, you're setting for for the rest of your offseason obviously a little bit tough sledding for him today 45 yards on 17 carries but just the fact that he was out there um we didn't get to see our guy uh zamir white we won't we won't see him uh until next season but yeah, I mean, one, yeah, one carry for four yards one carry, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it. You can see how much he means to this team, how much this team means to him, and yeah, I mean, it. If that's his final game, if if he goes out with this kind of individual season, but with, with the with without having the team success, uh, you know, that that's tough. But I mean, he's he's earned every dollar he's going to make this off season, whether it's in Las Vegas or somewhere else. As far as you know, team culture, it's almost like you have to bring him back because you know how, what kind of message does it send to a team when a guy plays this well, fights through injuries, comes back and plays a game like this, and then, you know, you, you let him go. So, I mean, we, we've talked about it plenty, but uh, I feel like he's solidified himself as a guy that, you know, it should be a priority to bring him back. And I think for him, just making it back and, and getting that on his record. I played I played all 17 games, you know. People wanted to talk about my durability, and, and I, I said earlier this year that I think a lot of the, the durability talk with him was, was overblown. I mean, he's... Yeah, he's missed a few games here and there, but every running back in the league does. And he shows that he he's I mean, he showed it his rookie year when he broke his shoulder and, and played through it in, until the 
the season was out of hand that um, he's as tough as it comes and we'll, we'll pretty much play through anything. And that's the kind of running back I think you want if you're going to invest in one and uh, we'll see what they do. All right. And we will head into that off season at this point, we will uh, say goodbye with our final post game show. Uh, we'll be back later this week to kind of recap the season a little bit more, get you ready for the, uh, for the off season. Uh, at some point we'll do our uh, state of the nation awards that I know everybody always looks forward to. They, uh, what was it a couple of years ago? We had the epic uh, Nicholas Morrow was the uh, defensive player of the year. Um, at least this year, like we have like easy votes. I mean, I, I think we could reveal now Max Crosby. Congratulations. You are the defensive player of the year. I mean, I guess <laughs> uh, the defense has made progress. Y'all, that's a sign right there. We don't have to think about it. Let's see. Uh, uh, offense. There'll be, there'll be some debate, I guess, between uh, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Although I, I, I know which way I'm leaning, but um who you going for, Josh or Devontae? Hey, I was, hey, we got some fucking podcasting to do later, man. Y'all, y'all, we, can't shoot, we can't shoot our load <laughs> all in one episode, man. I ain't spoiling that. Yeah, Not yeah, spoiling man. that. Uh, hold up a minute. We got four weeks to go, man. Wait. You just, you just said shoot our load in a fucking <laughs> yeah. podcast. That's, that's great. That's fucking It's the final fantastic. two minutes, man. We got we to gotta get to go down that's to the gutter. That's fucking great. Uh, oh, almost made it. We did almost make it. Almost made we it. Did, do you not remember the 11 minute mark when we started talking it. about strip clubs uh, in Atlanta? Like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, that, that that that's child's play compared to uh, reverse meeting. Oh my god, jeez, we gotta go one pilot. <laughs> Let's go. Why do you have to bring everyone? Like every every podcast. Because Bri- like, Brian, our no, producer, enough. is always goading us with in a, in the messages. He's gotta, always goading us gotta, to the messages. <laughs> All right, we are out of here. We'll talk to you guys later this week. All right, Joe. Later, guys. A video thing. Okay, I mean better than ass is like average. <laughs>